Well, good evening, everybody. Uh, we're going to get started here. Um, hope everybody's had a good day. It looks like the snow's melted a little bit. Um, hope that uh, you all are staying safe. I, uh, we're going to look this evening. We'll start in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12 through 18 there. So we'll turn to Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 18. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is the work which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring or disputing, that ye may be blameless and harmless the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I have returned, offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. So earlier in this particular passage, Brother Paul was talking about uh, encouraging the brethren at Philippi uh, regarding that they be of one mind and accord in their service to the Lord, not being selfish, or pursue, uh, but pursue rather to help others, each other and those, those that are in need, as Christ did. So that would be in service and love and unity in Christ. Paul encouraged them to continue as they had obeyed in his presence and in his absence. But the one particular phrase that sticks out most, most in this passage of Scripture is he talks about working out your salvation with fear and trembling. We've talked about this in the past, um, but I felt it good to kind of review this. It says, um, God uses both with us both to do his will and his pleasure. He goes on there to mention grumblings and disputings um, in Israel produced only suffering and hardship. We know this through the example in the, in the Old Testament. Uh, whenever they didn't exhibit their fear in the Lord, that they typically, you know, mumbled, mumbled and grumbled and received the due penalty of their, uh, their grumblings there. But God always provided them a way in the wilderness and their captivity and, and all this, what was the main thing that they were supposed to do was fear the Lord and keep his commandments. But when we tend to forget to have a fear, a fearful reverence of the Lord is, is when we typically have problems. Uh, we see this in the scripture through, um, those leading in the Old Testament, we see examples of where the leaders led others astray due to their lapse and, and, and faith and their lack of fear in God. We see also civil unrest where the, the nation of Israel was divided uh, due to these oversights. By doing so willingly and lovingly, uh, exhibiting our our fear and trembling before the Lord. It allows us to do his, uh, do the work that he would have us to accomplish. Paul goes on there to say 
If he be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, he rejoiced too. And vice versa, it would seem in that verse 18. Well, he'd gladly gladly be a part of that sacrifice there in service. That's the same for us too in, in the Lord's work. Why do you think it's an important for us to continue to encourage one another. I know I beat, beat this drum quite often, but but it's important for us to continually exhort and uplift one another and encourage one another because typically it, it keeps we keep each other grounded and, and the work and in the word and as we are to do as servants of, of Christ. Let's look at some examples. Uh, let's look at Jonah. Chapter 1. We read this a couple of months back. I'll draw particular attention to verses 8 through 17 there. It says, And then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for those for this cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou? And why from what what is thy country? And what people art thou? And he said to them, I am an Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. And then were the men exceedingly afraid upon him. Why hast thou this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. And then he said they unto him, What shall we do unto, unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wroth and, and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, and the sea shall be calm unto you. For I, I know that I am for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to bring it to land, and they could not, for the sea was wroth and, the, and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee. Let us not perish of this man's life, and lay it not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done it as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. And then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared the great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So here we see the, the account of Jonah here in the beginning where they were on the sea, and the sea was causing uh, was a great tempest. And the men were trying to figure out the reason why they were encountering such a horrible storm. And guess what? They cast lots, and it fell on Jonah. They're like, okay, what's your nation? Who are you? What's your occupation? They were going to get to the bottom of this problem. And when he told them, what did he say? He says, then were the men exceedingly afraid. And said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. They feared exceedingly. They were afraid. But Jonah says, You know what? It's my account. This is what's happened. It happened was because of my account because I fled from the presence of the Lord. And they didn't want to throw him overboard, but Jonah said, No, if you throw me overboard... The sea will be calm. As a result, go. As a result, the storm ceased. 
But something interesting happened in those last couple of verses. It said the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered sacrifice and the Lord had made vows. I don't think there's any illusion there is what was what was made, but they they feared the Lord and they decided to serve the Lord. They made vows to him. And then the Lord proceeded to do what? The fish swallowed Jonah and he was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights. Shouldn't we exhibit such godly fear in our daily service? I mean, these men feared exceedingly when they realized who the Lord was, who he was and what he had done to the Lord. And it caused them to offer sacrifice and make vows. Should we not be exhibiting such godly fear daily and continue to offer our life, as Romans says, a living and acceptable sacrifice to God? It's sad that it took such an event for these men to have such an exceedingly great fear, but nonetheless it did. Let's look at Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7. You all have heard me talk about this quite often, but it bears repeating because it's important. Joshua chapter 7 and verses 23 through 24 through 26. It says, And Joshua and Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garments and the wedge of gold, and his sons and his daughters, his oxen, his asses, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had, and they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire. And after that, they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this, unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Wherefore, the, the name of the place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. Achan let his own life, his own desire for these things consume him. He took the things that were under the ban, and as a result, God executed just judgment against his whole household. One man for the sin of his whole, for one household for the sin of one man. Why? Because Achan was the head of his, his house. And through the example under the old uh, through, through the Old Testament, the penalty was much harsher than it is this this day and age. Thank goodness for the New Testament and the opportunities that we have that we don't suffer for the sins of our fathers as they did here. But nevertheless, it doesn't give us excuse not to have the same fear and expect fearful expectation of what our God can do. Both good and bad. And I say fear, fear being meaning reverence. We ought to have that same respect for our God enough to not 
not do the things which he tells us not to do. But yet sometimes we do them. The intent of this is not to cause us to to be scared, but it's to cause us to remember to be reverent of our God. This is the same God that can renew our strength and strengthen us and provide for us and cause us to endure hardship, the things that we face. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 24. Second Samuel 24 and verse 1. We'll skip around a little bit as we read. We'll read verse 4 verses there. And it says, And again the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he moved David against them to say, Go number Israel and Judah. For the king said to Joab, the captain of the host which was with him, Go now through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, and number ye the people, that I may know the number of the people. And Joab said unto the king, Now the Lord thy God added thy people, how many soever they be, an hundredfold, and that the eyes of the Lord, the king, may see it. But why doth my, my lord the king delight in this thing? Notwithstanding, the king's word prevailed against Joab and against the captains of the host. And Joab and the captains of the host went out from the presence of the king to number the people of Israel. So we see here that we have the account of where the Lord's anger was turned against David because he desired to number the people. Well, the Lord told him, he says, don't, don't, didn't want him to worry about such things. He wanted to be concerned with doing what he had tasked him with, which was leading his people and being an example and being a witness before the rest of the earth. But nonetheless, David did such a thing. We'll look at verses 10 through 15. And David's heart smote him after he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in that I have done. And now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. For when David was up in the morning, the word of the Lord came unto the prophet Gad and David's seer, saying, Go and say unto David, Thus saith the Lord, I have offered thee three things. Choose one of them, that I may do them unto thee. So Gad came to David and told him and said unto him, Shall seven years of famine come unto thee in thy land? Or wilt thou flee three months from thine enemy? while they pursue thee or that there be three days pestilence in the land. Now advise and see what the answer and I shall return him to be uh, that sent to me. And David said unto Gad, I am the, I am in a great strait. Let us fall on us into the hands of the Lord for his mercies are great and let me not fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent pestilence unto the Israel, unto Israel in the morning, even unto the time appointed and there died of the people from Dan and to, even to Beersheba, 70,000 men. And the angel of the Lord stretched out his hand to Jerusalem to destroy it. And the Lord repented of evil and said to the angel that destroyed the, uh, that destroyed the people, it is enough. Stay now thine hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing place at Arunah, the Jebusite. And later on, I'll save, save a little bit of reading there, but later on, 
David went and purchased the threshing floor there and placed an altar there unto the Lord. He says there, and he says, I'll give it to you. The king asked and I'll give it to you. But he says there, verse 22, Aruna, he says, Aruna said unto David, let my lord the king take up and offer what seems good unto him. Behold, here be an oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing instruments and other instruments of the oxen for wood. And all the things Aruna as the, uh, uh, things did Aruna as the king give unto the king. And Aruna said unto the king, the Lord thy God accept thee. And the king said unto Aruna, nay, but I will surely buy it from thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offering unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. So David brought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered the burnt offering of peace offering. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. So again, we see here what happened. David did something he wasn't supposed to do and the Lord had told him not to worry about these things and the anger of the Lord was turned against him and yet he says, okay, you got to pick. I'm going to give you one of three choices and I'm going to execute my judgment. And 70,000 men died because of the sins of the leader. But David's fear returned and the Lord told him, he says, you're going to do what I ask you to do. And you go offer a sacrifice. But it's going to cost you. <laughs> so let us remember these things that we've read. As we turn over to Matthew chapter 10. Where we'll come to a close. Matthew chapter 10. We'll read verses 16 through 18. It says, Behold, I send forth the sheep in the midst of wolves, but be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up into councils, and they will scourge you up in their, in their synagogues, and ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you, uh, take not how you ought, uh, how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given unto you in the same hour what you shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which sent you. And the brother shall be delivered to death, and father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute in the cities, flee you in, uh, into another. For verily I say unto you, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciples that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more so would they have called them of his household? Fear them now, uh, not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that is not to be revealed and hid that shall not be known. 
What I tell you in darkness, you shall speak of the light, and what I uh, you hear in the ear, that you shall preach on the roof. How excuse me, the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very head of your hairs are numbered. Hairs of your head, excuse me. I said that backwards. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Whoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him I shall confess before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny him be before men, him also shall I deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not of that I come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but sword, for I am come to set man of variance against his father, daughter against her mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be uh, be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. He that loseth his life shall sin. For my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and that he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth the prophet in the name of the prophet shall receive the prophet's reward. But he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of the righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever shall give to drink of one of these little ones a cup of cold water, only the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. The Lord's instruction here to the apostles as he sends them out to to do the work that he had called them to. It's a fairly lengthy reading here. But he wants it to be clear that they have to go out and do this work. He tells them to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Doesn't take a stretch of the imaginations to figure out what he was wanting them to know there. Be wise in their workings. But he said also, these men are going to try to kill you. These people will deliver you uh, for a testimony against them. He says, I'll give you what you need to speak. I'll tell you what you need to know. But he want to know no mixed signals there. He told them, he says, your brothers will deliver you up. Your, your dads will do these things. Your, your family will, will seek to put you to death. But he says, but ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth until the end shall be saved. That word saved means delivered. And he goes on there, you are... He's basically telling you're to do this work that I've called you to. And you want to be aware that they were getting themselves into a a lot of a lot of things that they were going to struggle with. But he would deliver them through those things as they fear him, trust in him. He tells the rest, he tells them, Fear not these fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered. Shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. 
goes, you're going to go and preach these things <laughs> that I tell you in the dark. You'll speak the light and reveal it. Fear not death, but do what? Fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. But we have the expectation here set before us. This was the commission of the apostles, but it's still applicable to us. We should fear the living God that is able to destroy exactly what he says there, both soul and body in hell. Making a commitment to serve the Lord is not no small feat. Servants before us have fallen short and they've asked forgiveness. I'm not speaking this because the Lord told me to tell you to give up hope, but these things are going to be difficult. We see the to- the time that we talked about this morning times and the things that we encounter how they're they're not they're not going to get any better but we have our hope in the lord but yet we still have to have the honest fear that the scripture talks about to know that our god is able to back up what he says but also to have the desire to to serve him because it's pleasing to him I would hope that we all have desired to serve the Lord because we desire to be pleasing to the Lord and not to ourselves or to others. But the commission is is that we do the work and we do it with our whole body, mind, and soul, our heart. And that we fear the Lord because he's the ultimate giver and taker of life. These things we need to remember. I hope this has been an encouragement for you this evening and I hope that you'll pray that you will take these words and study them for yourselves and that you'll be encouraged. And thank you all for your kind attention. And uh, we'll we'll close with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this day and we thank you for many blessings, Lord. We thank you for the word that you've given us, Lord, to do your good work. Lord, we ask that you would be with us as we go through this week and help comfort and strengthen us in the work that we do. For God, we pray that you would be with those that are suffering both spiritually, physically, and mentally, Lord, and those that need you. We pray that we would take these words, Lord, and fear you and serve you for, for your goodwill and pleasure. We ask all these things in Christ's name we pray. Amen.